Good morning, everyone. Happy Resurrection Day. Amen. We are so glad to be able to come and to worship on this wonderful day. And uh, we do appreciate each and every one of you coming and being with us. Might help if I turn this on. No, Well, well, this one's working, I can hear it, all right, it's so good having all of you with us here this morning, looking forward to this service, thank you uh, each one that came uh, during Sunday school, I think uh, I heard little bits and pieces of all of the classes and they all sounded exciting and good. There's a lot more you can learn in Sunday school that you can't learn just from coming and hearing me preach. Because in Sunday school, you can say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Explain that. Okay? And so that's where it's good to be able to ask questions. But it's good having every one of you this morning. And so we're going to turn it over and have our part with the, uh, the young class with Sister Rebecca. Appreciate the great love that God has for us, and uh, appreciate—I I don't know. Do you know why you're here on earth? Do you know what the ultimate purpose is for you to have even been born? Huh? 
Some may say it was a mistake. Some may say I was an accident. That's what my mom said about me. Nobody's an accident. And nobody is a mistake. God had a purpose. And you were brought here on this earth for one thing. To love God. And to be His future bride. And what does the bride mean? The bride means is to be a companion. Okay? The Lord can speak people into existence at any time He wants to, but He wants somebody to worship Him and love Him because of who He is. And I do appreciate Him so very much this morning. Uh, We're going to come to you this morning for our Sunday morning uh, offering. Uh, And we do appreciate your faithfulness and helping us. We've got several things we need to try to get done around the church. And so uh, anyway, Brother Ron, if you would come receive our offering here this morning. Thank you. Obey the Lord. Good morning. It's great to see everyone here this morning. Psalms 30, verse 5, in part says, The weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. This is our morning. Amen. Praise God. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the earth that you have for us. We thank you for the sunrise and we thank you for the sunset. We thank you for our strength, strength during the day to get things done. Lord, we thank you for the congregation. And Lord, we ask you to bless this also. You just believe it.
You're saying, whatever you require of me, I'll give it up. Whatever you require me to take, I'll take it on. Right. Right. So let's let's make sure we live a resurrected life. Amen. Yes. And not be walking dead.
Easter scriptures, uh, resurrection scriptures, and the gospels are in that way. But we talked about where in Mark it said, go tell the disciples and Peter. In that song, they talked about years of past defeat. Right. A lot of times, those things right there. Wasted years, wasted years. Old song, how foolish. You'll look at those, and it will drain you for the rest of your life. Didn't do Peter that way. Why? The Lord said, go tell Peter. Right. Call go Peter. tell Peter. Call yeah. Peter. Yeah. Even after he denied it, he repented, and he said, Peter, come here. Yeah. That's right. You that rock. That's right. You're going to preach that sermon on the day of Pentecost. That's right. That's right. That's right. That old fisherman that was so impulsive. Right. He didn't let defeat. Overcome. That's right. He called the Lord. And the Lord said, Come here. Come. He left the fishing nets. He left the denying. And he went right on. Yeah. Amen. Oh, Lord. And I sure want to do that. Yes, sir. It's going to be left up to you. Amen. That's right. He'll do his part. That's right. got to make sure we do ours. Amen. That's right. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Um, before I read my scriptures, I want to kind of preface a little bit because this morning I want to focus in on the resurrection. But I want you, if you can, to try to place yourself in not one of the 12 apostles, but in one of those followers of Christ during that time. Thinking of it from their perspective. You ever try to do any of that? Yeah. Huh? So, it was the end of a bad week, a rough Passover, a disappointing campaign loss, and what a turn of events. The young 33-year-old Messiah is now dead. Not only dead, but disgraced. Charged with blasphemy by the church and treason by the governor and hung on a tree. Cursed. Yeah. Mocked. What a terrible few days. Today, what shall we do? Where shall we go? Right. Who will lead us? Or do we just hope to start over at some other point? What shall we do? We have lost our Messiah, our hope, and our strength. The church leaders are against us, and they're going to try to kill us too. That's what I think was going on in the minds of the followers of Jesus and some of his disciples. Filled with doubt, fear, and great disappointment. How would you have felt if you were there when all this happened? Remember when Jesus told his disciples about his death? They didn't understand or seem to accept it. The general followers and the 70 disciples and the 12 apostles had heard, but probably didn't really understand. They couldn't comprehend that Jesus was going to die. Huh? They thought maybe that might be symbolic, but no, he really died. 
After all, when they had tried to take him before, huh? He just walked out of their midst. Huh? It was almost like he was invisible. They came to get him. They came to stone him one time. He just walked out of their midst. What happened? What happened? And even in the, the, in the garden when the soldiers came and, and said they were looking for Jesus of Nazareth, you remember what happened when he said, I am he? They fell backwards. Something about just the voice and the power of the I am saying, I am he, fell backwards. And so we serve a great God, an awesome God. A wonderful God. But we have to realize that that God doesn't always have a sheen around Him. Doesn't have this bright light around Him all the time. Okay? And so, Jesus is that great God that we serve. He is our captain, our Lord, our leader, our chief uh, strategist, our great tactician, and the Jewish days. You have to understand too about these days. I always, through my life, I always figured, you know, the day started in the morning when I woke up. Huh? But the Jews counted, according to Genesis, the evening and the morning were the first day. So they always counted the day starting at night and going to the next night as being one day. And so uh, we also see that in the way that God has set up those days, darkness leaves and the sunshine comes. So with that in mind, if you would stand with me as we read Matthew The adult class has already read this, but I want to read it one more time. Matthew chapter 28. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was as lightning, his remnant white as snow, and for fear of him the keepers did shake because and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring the disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, Behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail! And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren 
that they go into uh, go into Galilee, and they shall uh, shall they see me. There shall they see me. And so, here this morning, if the Lord help me, I, I'd like to preach on dawn of the first day. Dawn of the first day. Dear Lord Jesus, we do thank You for Your many blessings. Lord, this is a great day that we celebrate. The dawn of the first day. And I pray, Lord, here this, e- this morning, would You anoint these feeble lips of clay. Lord, put the thoughts that You would have into my mind. And put Your words into my lips, Lord, that I might speak Your Word that hearts and lives might be changed and that hearts and lives would believe and that they might follow You wheresoever You leadeth them. Bless us here this morning. And Lord, help us to feel Your presence in a mighty way. We love You. We're here to celebrate, Lord, this wonderful day, this day that You rose from the grave. We thank You. We praise You. We worship You here this day. In Jesus' name, Amen. Everyone would have a give a, a praise to the Lord here right now. Dear Jesus, thank You. Thank You for who You are and what You are. I thank You, Lord, for Your presence. And I thank You, Lord, for Your great mercy. I thank You, dear Jesus. You are such a blessing. Thank You, Lord. Thank the Lord. You may be seated. Here we see Matthew. Brother Robert, he was right in track line with what, what I was thinking about. Matter of fact, originally my, my notes here had all four of them. And so that we could take a look at them, at the stories. This, this is told in Matthew and in Mark and in Luke and in John. We have four written witnesses from history. Those are more witnesses than we have for King Cyrus and uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and several other great kings of history. We have four written histories. Uh, One of the histories that was written about Jesus and His resurrection was by Luke. Modern historians have said that Luke was one of the greatest historians of all time because of the detail that he put in there of everyday life as they walked through it. So we have witnesses from the past that tell of this great earth-changing, civilization-changing event. Huh? I want you to try to take yourself and begin to realize what happened. Here was Jesus, the Messiah, born of a virgin. I don't know of anyone else born of a virgin. I know there are some that they claim to, but they weren't. Only Jesus was born of a virgin. Amen. And as he grew, he did miracles. 12 years old and he was already uh, talking the law with the the Sanhedrin and the temple. He was that smart. Amen. 
Why was he that smart? Well, must have been his parents. Well, sort of. He was God, the Son of God. He knew everything from time past and everything time future. Amen. When he talked to a crowd, he would know what they were thinking. Aren't you glad Brother Jeff doesn't know what you're thinking? <laughs> Sometimes. Amen. But he was uh, Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the anointed one. But more than that, he was the only begotten son of the Father. There's no other son that is begotten of the Father. All other sons are adopted in. You understand this? That's why they went to crucify Jesus. Because he said he was the son of the highest. And in that, the only way he could be the son of the highest was for him to be God. Here in these scriptures, I love the way Matthew started out. And and just my opinion, Matthew is a little more... um, a little more showy than some of the others are. But I love this. In the end of the Sabbath, that's looking backwards, folks. That's looking behind us. As it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. That's looking forward. Here's a change. In the past, Jesus died. He was uh, uh, not, you know, we say we we can say crucified and just roll off our lips, but come on, folks, he was beaten. Isaiah uh, describes how he was. Isaiah, I thought he was dead by then. He was, but through the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament, he described perfectly what was going on with Jesus. He was marred beyond comprehension when you looked at him uh, on that day that he was up there on the cross his face was beaten to a pulp his back had been uh, um, scored so much that they say you probably could have seen his ribs he was at the point of death and while he was up there nailed to the cross there'd be people come by there was a, a road nearby there the people would come by and say, oh, oh, healer, heal yourself. Hey, if you are who you say you are, call down the angels and get yourself taken down. And I want to tell you something. Jesus could have done all of those. He told, he told, was it Pilate? I think it was he told. He said, uh, he said, I, I'm a king. Read it. I'm a king. And he said, if I called for them, for them to free me, they would come and free me. So if you could be free, why are you still here? He was there for us. He was to be the perfect sacrifice. No blemish. 
How many of you in here believe that a person can be sinless? Yes. I haven't accomplished it. I'm never, I haven't accomplished it. I try. Are you trying? Huh? I try. But Jesus never sinned. He never backtalked his mama. He never disobeyed his mama. Huh? He was a good child. Yes. He never stole anything. As a matter of fact, whenever he borrowed those uh, uh, two fish and I got it backwards. I mean, anyway, when he borrowed from that little boy's lunch those little yes. fish and a little bit of loaves of bread, yes. he gave them back 12 basket loaves. Back. Yes. That's pretty yes. good. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And fed 5,000. So, Jesus was not just anybody. He was the Messiah. Yes. And we see here that early in the morning, Mary Magdalene and Mary had come to the sepulchre and talks about an earthquake and the angel rolling back the stone. And uh, you know why that all happened? Because the grave cannot hold life. Amen. The grave cannot hold life. Amen. Uh, Jesus is life. Amen. He is the light of the world. And so when they put him into that grave, that grave cannot hold him. Death cannot hold him. Yes. He is life. Right. He speaks life. Yes. He uh, speaks those things that bring life to us. We serve a great God. And so um, uh, the stone was rolled away. Those who were sent to guard the tomb. It said uh, because of the bright light and the angel coming down, uh, the fear of him, the keepers did shake. These are armed guards. These are people who probably have seen battle and fought. Amen. They're shaking. Amen. And fainting. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So much for strong men. But we noticed Mary Magdalene didn't do any of that. She was one that was at one point a great sinner. How many demons have been in you? You might say, oh, Brother Jeff, I never had any demon in you. Well, then how many demons have you listened to? They might not have been in you, but how many have you listened to? She had seven demons within her. See, to me, like, she didn't qualify for the Lord to appear to her first. She should appear to John first. Yeah. Or Peter. Or to James. Or one of those other great ones. Maybe he should have appeared to Pilate. Huh? Or Herod. To prove that he was alive again. Yeah. But no. This one. 
who have been saved out of sin. Jesus values that so very much. Ah, oh, you are precious to Him. You are a treasure to Him. That is why He came and died. Amen. He came and died that our sins might be washed away and that we might be transformed. Huh? How's your transformation going? Are you still a sinner? Do you still have the smell of sin upon you? Do you still have the the look of a sinner? Do you still uh, do the things of a sinner? Huh? Jesus came to change us. Our heart. I've heard different people say, well, let your heart lead you. You better not. You better not. Because the heart can be awfully deceiving. But I tell you what he did do for sinners that have been saved. He begins to write his law upon our hearts. And we who were not taught the law, weren't taught the ways, amen, begin to do those things by nature. Why? Because he's part of us. He's within us. He is that voice that helps lead us. Amen. He corrects our conscience to where our conscience is more pricked. Amen. At little things. If I told you some of the things that really get me blue about me failing God, you would probably laugh. You would think, that, Brother Jeff? Yeah. Huh? Growing up, I always was a, a, a jokester, a prankster, whatever you want to call it. Huh? Mm-hmm. I still have a hard time. Sometimes I like to say things that seem funny. And sometimes they come out all right. But sometimes I lie. Huh? Yeah. Two, two, uh, shoes untied. And I don't even have any shoelaces on. <laughs> I seem funny, but boy, when I catch myself saying anything that's not true, yes, yes, amen. I'm convicted. Right. Jesus came to change us, to change us from the inside out, yes. to make us into His image. Jesus never called his disciples and followers Christians. They were first called Christians at Antioch. And they might have been doing it as a reproach to them. But it stuck. And I'll take it. Huh? Christian. Literally translated, a little Christ. So when they would see them, they said, oh, those are Christians. They're Trying to live like Jesus. Yes, amen. Huh? And so here, Mary came, and those soldiers had scampered away, and uh, and so the angel saw Mary Magdalene and said to her, "Fear not. I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified." 
When she, Mary Magdalene came, she was expecting to see a bloodied, beaten, purple face. One with the, had the temporary stuff wrapped around him, but bloodied, dead. Dead. You ever gone to visit somebody that they said, you better get over there and visit them there, but they're probably just about dead. Huh? I have. There's been times people revived just a little bit right when I came. But there have been a few times I went and the somehow or another the message was all wrong. Those people were nowhere near dead. They were still alive. Huh? What a surprise. I, I thought, thought we were planning your funeral. Huh? No. No. Alive. Her expectation was to see a bloodied, putrefied body. But the angel said, He is not here. He is risen. I love that word risen. You know what that means? That literal meaning of it means to stand again. It doesn't mean just to sit up on the side of the bed. It means to stand again. He is risen. He is standing. He is walking. He is around still. And so uh, the angel told her, go uh, quickly and tell the disciples to meet Jesus in Galilee. Apparently they had already made some arrangements. Meet Him in Galilee. There shall they see Him. Lo, I have told you. And so they departed and were heading out. And, uh, and it said, Behold, Jesus met them. Now remember, she was expecting someone who uh, had been beaten and all that. What would you have thought if you had been told Jesus was risen from the grave? Do you think maybe had bandages around its head. Huh? All that. I'm going to be honest with you, that's probably what you would have thought. Was, well, he's alive, but he's probably in bad shape, you know. Huh? Bumps into this fella, meets him on the road, and uh, perfectly normal in one of the Gospels, calls him the gardener. Huh? And says, um, this man says, Oh, hell. Hello, how are you? How are you doing? Huh? And they saw him and they beheld him and they worshiped him. What would you do if you saw Jesus? How would you act when Jesus was in your presence? I want to tell you, I'm feeling the presence of the Lord here this morning. He is here. He's walking these aisles. Amen. He's looking for those who have had a bad time. Their history has been awful. Things have just not gone their way. It seemed like one bad experience after another. Uh, I've heard some people say that they're this, everything they touch falls apart. That's the way people were looking. But Jesus came. 
But Jesus came. Jesus came. He was risen. Why do we worship on the first day of the week and not on the Sabbath? Why? Because this day was a day that changed history. This day. This wonderful day. This is the day, amen, that everything was going to change in civilization. Amen. Jesus taught something that was so contrary and mixed up and upside down to what other people said. Said, who will will be your, your leader will be your servant. Even today, people think, well, he's strong, he's mean, he's hard. Most times those same ones are selfish, self-centered, and they don't care about nobody else, just what they want to do. Jesus changed things, turned it upside down. From that day until this day, he is still changing lives. You say, now, Brother Jeff, I'm not so sure about that. Well, just look around. Here are the witnesses. Here are the witnesses of the life-changing effect of Jesus. And his crucifixion was very, very important. It needed to happen because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. But Jesus' blood was perfect blood. I like to say it's type G blood. Not A, not B, not O, not A negative or A positive, none of those types. Type G blood. God's blood. No sin in it. Not a piece of sin in it anywhere. And only that blood, only the blood of our Creator would be able to wash our sins away. Only through His blood. Perfect blood. Well, Brother Jeff, the way uh, you probably can tell I'm not on my notes. But Brother Jeff, the way you make it sound like he, he wasn't man. He wasn't like us. He was like us. But really, truly, he's not like us. We're like him. We were created in his likeness and in his image. The reason you laugh is because God laughs. The reason you cry is because God cries. The reason that you feel the things that you feel is because God put those into us because that's the way He feels. Huh? And so, His death was important. Very important. But I want to tell you something. Throughout history, there have been a lot of people that have died. And there have been a lot of people who, were, who gave their lives for their family. That's good. There are a lot of people who have given their lives for their community to save their town. There have been people who have died to save the, the country. But they're all dead. That's right. Yeah. They're still dead. Yeah. 
You can die for somebody else. Jesus died for others. But there's a big difference. The resurrection. The resurrection. The resurrection. He rose. There are some say that it was his spirit that rose up from the grave. Some say that, you know, he you know he's not like us, he doesn't have a body like us. Jesus even proved that wrong. Thomas touch the spear where it went in. Touch my hands. Huh? He rose up bodily. That same body that he put on Calvary, he rose it up. Amen. Did they come and pray over him and anoint him? Oh, raise him up, raise him. No. No one did that. No. Jesus said, I will raise myself up. Yes. I am the resurrection. Amen. And because He raised up, we have hope we can raise up. Hallelujah. He is the resurrection and He is the life. He is what changes us from being dead to being alive. Amen. Jesus never takes us. Amen. It goes the opposite direction, but He makes us alive. You do have to die to sin in yourself and the world. But that's not really dying. That's becoming alive. Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. He is the first. Okay? I know, I know them two soldiers threw that that dead soldier into that uh, grave and touched Elisha's bones and he came back to life. You knew about that, didn't you? Woo! Come back to life. But he eventually died. Amen. And there have been others that have been raised from the dead who eventually died. But Jesus is the first resurrection, uh, first fruits of the first resurrection. That's the one we're going to take part in. Amen. And so, this is also the first day of the kingdom of God. Do you realize that? The first day of the kingdom of God. That little stone that started rolling, huh? Rolling down and eventually destroyed all the kingdoms of this world. Started right here. He rose from the dead. He's alive. Amen. And uh, they grew from followers of just a few thousand uh, that were there. If you count the 5,000 and 3,000 and, and then some others, amen, it began to grow more and more and more and more. Till even to this day, Christianity is the largest religion in the world. Still. Muslims are growing fast, but they're still a third of what we are. Hello? And it's growing and growing and growing and growing. 
And so this is the first day of that new kingdom. Jesus is the kingdom. He's ushered in this new kingdom. And it will conquer and overcome all the kingdoms of the world. There's coming a day, and I, I personally don't think it's going to be too very far off. I don't know exactly uh, how far off, but it's coming. That He is going to sit on a throne in Jerusalem and rule the world. You going to be ready for that? Huh? This is the first fruit of the resurrection. This is the reason we have hope. This is the reason we live like we do. This is the reason because Jesus is coming and He's coming for His people. Amen. Amen. This is the first day of the new covenant. Huh? The first day of the new covenant. He shed His blood and now He's making a covenant. I got to hurry. Covenant is an agreement. But it's more binding than your automotive loan. I know you signed a lot of papers to buy that new car. Or maybe you signed a bunch of papers to buy that house. Okay? But this is more binding than that. Okay? You can default on that and you'll go back to Him. But this covenant is more like when two people come down to the aisle let me change it. When a man and a woman come down the aisle and exchange a covenant of vows, huh? To take and to hold till death do us part. Woo! That's the covenant we're making with Jesus. I will love you. I will follow you. I will serve you. I will do whatever you ask me to do till death do us part. For better or for worse. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to have some worse times in this earthly marriage and in walking with God. But I'm going to tell you, in the worst of the worst of the worst places, there's still that hope. Amen. Jesus is coming. I'm sorry, folks. I'm way off my notes. But uh, uh, Paul and Silas were in jail in the middle of the night. Amen. Uh, James had been killed not long before this time. One of the apostles and Paul and Silas are in jail. Amen. And they're looking at death. Huh? And so what did they do? going on. Children backsliding. Friends backsliding. Uh, uh, partners uh, out to get me. Uh, just all kind of things. 
in my life just seem like it's falling apart. And I have to say to you, I'm over there praying, Lord, if this is a good time to take me, let me go now. I can tell you, you don't understand that. But you see, death is just an open door to the presence of God. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! But in those terrible times that I had, I roll over and I go to pray and I say, Jesus, I still have my wife and all, but Jesus, you're all I got. You're all I can hold on to. You're it, Lord. Yeah. And you know what? A little hope will spring up in me. Yeah. Yeah. I say, Lord, if you can just help me to another day, yeah. I'll go with you. Huh? I'm talking about the dawn of the first day. The dawn of tomorrow. The dawn of forever coming among us. And so, this new covenant freed us from all the bondages of the law that were against us. Doesn't free us to murder whoever we want to or to go steal whatever. No, no, no. It didn't free us from that law, folks. But it freed us from if you uh, lie or steal, you got to take a turtle dove or a small lamb to the place and sacrifice. And it freed us from the law that said, no, you got bad blood in you. Maybe your great grandchildren can come into the service of church. Can you imagine such? He freed us from all that. He uh, freed us from. Uh, the bondage of lineage and of lands and nationalities. This new covenant is now open to the Jew, to the Gentile, to the Roman, to the Samaritan, to the Muslim, to the Buddhist, to the American, to the paramour, to the dogs, to the effeminates, to liars, to thieves, to rapists, to husband, uh, husband stealers, wife stealers, to child molesters, to druggies, to embezzlers, to fraudsters, to the hypocrite, to the regular old Joe on the pew or on the sofa, to the ungodly and to the good. Woo! Whosoever will. Whosoever will. But it's all wrapped up in this cross and the empty grave. So Sheila, if you would come and get us a song. So what's the catch? Huh? What's the catch? I'll be honest with you, the catch is you. The catch is you. Are you willing to give all to Jesus? To allow Him to wash you from the inside out and change you. Who in here has the devil come back to you and remind you of things you did a month or so ago, a week ago, a year ago? It's washed. It's under the blood. Right. Yeah. You've had a resurrection. 
Yes. You don't have to think about those things anymore. No. You don't have to live by those things anymore. Amen. You are now changed. If you've given your heart and your life all to Jesus, you've changed. You've had a resurrection. <clears throat> I've been in church all my life. Been in church all my I, I was of the opinion that I could be a Christian and hold on to the world at the same time. Brother Jeff even had the impression that I might could be a secret Christian. Huh? When I was younger. Just kind of fly under the radar. It doesn't work like that. We have to be willing to give Jesus everything we have. I appreciate the Lord. I feel like I was saved before, but when I got to the place that I was willing to give up my dreams and my aspirations and the plans that I had for my life, when I was willing to give up my self-image, huh? When I was willing to give that up and allow Jesus to change me. He took my cussing away. He took my drinking away. He took away a bunch of other things that I don't even like to talk about. He took it away. Took away my temper. Hello? Took away a lot of that stuff. We've got to be willing to let the Lord take it and change us into who He is and who He wants us to be. Huh? I'm the one that said, at one point, I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to do this. And I don't want to do that. I don't see the need of doing any of this or any of that. But I got to the place where I was willing to open my hands and say, Lord, however you want me to be, that's what I'll be. Let's stand all across the house. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Who in here has not had that resurrection experience? Who has not? That life changing experience. You went, you were there bloody and dead to God. But you've been raised alive. Eyes open. Raise your God. Have you had that experience? Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for that resurrection 
Thank you, Lord, for that mercy that you've shown unto me. Thank you, Lord, for that grace you have shown unto me. Thank you for what you have shown to these that are out here. But Lord, I know some are needing more than what they got. Lord, help them to learn that they must eat your manna every day. They must meet with you every day. And they've got to talk to you and love you every day. Jesus, right now, you know the ones that are needing prayer, needing to be saved. And Lord, I pray, would you deal with their hearts and draw them to this altar. Draw them here this morning. That Lord, this might be a double great day. A great day of your rising and also the great day of their salvation. So while she sings a verse, head stay bowed, praying, seeking the Lord who will come.
resurrection. Our day's coming. Our day's coming. We're going to be, if we go by way of the grave, or if we're alive, it just catches us up. It's coming. Our change is coming. No more broken arms. Huh? No more bad teeth. No more COVID. None of that. Going to be in that immortal body that will never die. The Lord will help us. And the Bible said, and we shall forever be with the Lord. Wow. What a promise. If he decides to do another world or something like that, or something like that after all this is wrapped up, we'll still be with him. Forever. Any word before we dismiss tonight? Oh, I do need to make one announcement. We are going to have the um, dedication for Elizabeth's children. And we could have done more, but uh, Brother Todd's got to be at the prison. A very important service tonight for them. Pray for him. They're going to be doing communion. I thought that's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, So if you can, everyone that can, come be with us. Uh, I think several are out of town. Please remember Teresa praying and hoping she'll get out uh, tomorrow. Yes. Be able to come home. That's what we're hoping and praying. Pray that my son-in-law and his wife can get, my son-in-law, my son and daughter-in-law can get back to Minot this afternoon. So anyway, it's been a trip, hasn't it? All right. Thank the Lord. We better hurry up. It's lunchtime. Better hurry up.